Hey, welcome to Closed Comments, the podcast where we read things people have said online and try to guess what they're talking about. Uh, I'm Sam. And I'm Nick. And this is the episode where we pulled comments with people talking about their jobs. And we'll see if we can tell what it is they actually do. Yeah. What has been your favorite job that you've ever had? Big or small? I, I have not loved any of the jobs I've done. <laughs> Being unemployed is my number one job, probably followed by... <laughs> it's the highest paying job yeah, I know. Exactly. Probably followed by doing like customer service, working in a kitchen. What about you? So I'll say what my least favorite job was, which was technically my first job in a way, but I was like a server or butler kind of person that went around at like golf course events with a big bow tie and my black like penguin outfit on and i asked people oh would you like a drink would you like an hors d'oeuvre and i hated it because i hated rich old people like you were almost invisible like i've never felt more invisible to like you know saying hello to somebody and then just like not reacting to me and that was like when i was like 17 so i was like oh and I was shy, so it was it made it worse. Yeah, nothing worse to deal with than rich old people when you're in a serving position, for sure. <laughs> so what sites did you pull comments from mostly for this one? I, I mostly went on Reddit. Yeah, Reddit, and I did a YouTube too as well. All right, my first comment is from Reddit uh, on a thread that I'll reveal once you get it correct or wrong. And this is from Tayla La, and she says, A tip for your wrist health. Please learn to tamp safely and gently. Your wrists will thank you. Is this someone who works on an assembly line where they put the toothpaste in the toothpaste tube? No. Okay. <laughs> is that not automated by now? Yeah, it might be automated completely now. I was stealing that from Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Oh, that's, that's exactly what I was talking about. Yeah. I think that's the job his dad has in that book. Is she a British soldier who has to reload her musket? No. Um, well, it used to be. <laughs> you know, they used to have, they had to load their muskets with those long tamping oh, rods. Yeah, yeah. Do you have any other comments on this job? I, this... I, I do. I thought okay. maybe you would know what that meant. Uh, really? To re uh, well, I don't know. Just, just the word tamp. That's the operative word there. Is this an assembly line job? No. This sounds highly specialized. I would say it is not. It's not. Could I do no. this job? Yeah. Could you do this job? Yes. Would you want to do this job? I personally, because of what this job is, it just wouldn't interest me, I think, because I don't like the product of working at a place like this. Do you want me to read another comment? I feel like it's an obvious job the way you're framing. It is. Is it a food job? Like at a yes. Like at a fast food drive through place or something mm, like that? It could be drive through based. I'm looking for a specific name of Oh this wait, career. is this a specific franchise or a specific No, there's no it's not a specific franchise. It is a food service job, but there's a specific name for them. Like a French pastry chef. Are they talking about making eclairs? I guess I don't know the process of creating eclairs, but I don't I, either. I don't either. But, but it's yeah, for all for all I know, chocolate. there's no need to tamp when you're making eclairs. But anyway, some reply to Tay La La. Their name is worry monster and they said seriously you don't need to put 30 pounds of pressure on that thing omg a waffle maker mm, i would love that job i love a waffles. hamburger grill <laughs> no this isn't like a michelin star chef kind of job no this is i would say a job that could be a lot of people's first jobs what foods are made under pressure almost all food really it's like come on i want to eat any job related to food is a stressful job i feel like whenever you're standing between someone and their food what kind of food is squashed what kind of food <laughs> is compressed yeah maybe how they fill in a clair is they like you know like those like fireplace fans maybe they put like a bunch of cream inside and press down on the eclair 
fill it up. They're pretty delicate. I don't think you could press down on them and have them hold their shape and not just come apart. Equators are like fancy Twinkies. I will say, Sam, as a as another hint, you could probably order an eclair at this place. I would say an eclair pairs well with what the main product is at this place. I thought you just learned what an eclair was in this conversation. No, I know what an eclair is. <laughs> okay. I'm um, French. Is this a crepery? No. Okay, wait, is your next comment good? Yeah. Okay, yeah, read it. <laughs> so this comment is from Goddess of Water Polo, and they say, they'll train you at the shop and you'll probably be expected to follow their standards anyways. As a blank trainer, it doesn't help when people have a solid understanding of coffee, but it isn't necessary. Anyone can learn. I just say go talk to the shop and show real interest. Good luck. Oh, like a barista? Correct. Wait, what is the tamping down? Yeah, so this person specifically, this is an r slash barista. I pretty much went right to the source. Pistol Pete started the thread saying, I will want to get behind the bar. Should I buy my own machine set up to practice at home? Because they're moving to a new city and whatever, and they want to work at a coffee shop. So I guess when you're tamping something down, it's like when you, and I'm not a coffee person, so this is why I, w- I didn't know this, but my girlfriend was a barista. And I suppose when you grind the coffee, then you put like a little thing on it to screw it. And then you push down on it to like perfectly flatten and level it. I suppose when it goes into like the coffee maker, like the espresso machine. Ah, uh, okay. That makes sense. So it's I like a lot think- of, like, it's a lot of turning like your wrists. So I guess like there's like a whole, like there's like ways that like seasoned baristas do that like are like probably better for your long-term health. If that's what you're doing, it sounds like a carpal tunnel type activity. Um, I thought you may have been a barista in the past, Sam. I I don't know why. I've never been a barista, no. But you Um, like coffee, right? You're a big coffee guy. Oh yeah, I drink coffee made by other people. (laughs) Right. (laughs) But you were incorrect about one thing is I don't think I could be a barista. I don't think I could make the specific coffee things fast enough in order to not just like hold up the line. Oh, seems like I a guess job I'm... that require a lot of coordination. Yeah, it definitely is. a. I, like when you said conveyor belt, I, I almost wanted to be like, it kind of is because I feel like, you know, you get a coffee order, then you start one, then you start another one, you know, so you're just like kind of like building them up as the process goes along. But I, I would also... just never, I would never be a person to like be like, I want two pumps of uh, cream and three things of syrup. Uh, like I would just be like, uh, I don't know how to do that. So I'm just going to give you a black coffee. <laughs> yeah, I'd be the same way. Yeah, I imagine that of like the food like the service industry i would say people get probably the most mad at like baristas because you know the morning i want my coffee don't talk to me before i've had my coffee sam you won't like me well those people should be in camp anyway (laughs) (laughs) well it has a long journey from british grenadier or whatever to barista (laughs) here is my first one katie hit jhc on reddit says so my husband is a blank and owns his own shop the cons you don't really get the artistic freedom you think you would most of the time people bring in shitty copy and paste pinterest ideas very rarely does a customer tell him do it how you like also he's always getting hassled down on pricing and usually when they do that they don't even tip him my immediate thought was maybe like a painter not a painter a kind of artist but not a painter is it a engraving place no no i don't even know i'm not familiar with engraving places but i had to like i had to make a trophy once for my last job like i had to go like make a oh congratulations on you know 15 years of whatever but i went to like a place that was like they made they engraved trophies and they like had like a whole catalog i don't know what that's called no this is not a not a trophy parlor oh yeah that's a good name for it is it a graffiti artist no although you're getting closer 
but it's so it's an artist of some kind. Yeah, it's definitely an artist, but it's an artist where people come to you with, you know, their ideas of what they want. A carpenter? No. They're an artist. Do you think a carpenter is an artist? Uh, I think there's I don't like, know. I feel like with like any trade, maybe you, there's like a certain level of being like an artist. I know like my dad is a plumber and I know like he like probably could have put things in a worse looking way than he did, but he, he put them in like a, a way that like made them look better, like wires and pipes and such. So there's probably like a little bit of, but I, I get what you're saying though. I wouldn't attribute them as being a full on artist. Pipe art would be cool. Like steampunk pipe art. Okay. Maybe give me another comment. Okay. Manic says my sister used to draw for one of the shops in my town it was fairly decent pay for someone her age 16 to 19 at the time but she definitely lost her joy of drawing because it was never what she wanted to draw she now loathes drawing stars birds hearts and especially the australian flag is it something with like textiles it's drawn on a different surface if i say this it'll just give it right to if you it. tell me the medium where would someone maybe put art of the australian flag or stars birds hearts and all this other bullshit is this a tattoo artist correct yes this is a tattoo artist a lot of these were talking about what people come in asking to be tattooed with and the tattoo artist probably does know best what would look good but to be the person you know you have to have a lot of trust to go to someone and say like do it like you like it i trust your interpretation i feel like i have been on occasion i would never do it with the tattoo but i get where they're coming from but i have walked into a barbershop before and been like has anybody ever like walked in here and just said do what you want to my hair and then they were like yeah that happens actually more than you think and i was like oh that's kind of interesting to think that somebody doesn't know what they're going to get out of a haircut and just trust the judgment of the hairstylist does that second comment they were 16 and they were in the tattoo parlor it said 16 to 19 at the time it's i wonder if she was just drawing like yeah maybe she was just drawing like stencils because they plan out beforehand right yeah i assume like now people are like doing like the peel on and then they trace over it but i'm sure there's like also people like to do like oh this is how i do birds as opposed to if i can do this bird but here's the bird i like to do if you go like a tattoo place they'll be like actually that doesn't look as good as this what about this because i'm really good at these how is it that people are surprised though then when they get a terrible looking tattoo (laughs) like when a tattoo goes really wrong and someone sees what it is shouldn't they have seen the original mock-up of it yeah that's what i don't know maybe that some people don't work with mock-ups that could be the case i don't know i've never i actually don't think i've ever walked inside of a tattoo shop yeah i mean anyone listening who has any familiarity with tattoos email in at closed comments podcast at gmail.com with actual information on tattoo parlors Okay, Sam, so it's tied up one-to-one. So this is posted on Reddit. I'm not going to tell you where, which subreddit. It says, I genuinely do not understand the biggest gripes blank have about their jobs. And they kind of go into like reasons. And so I found comments of people replying to them. So this is from user deleted. You hit all the main points. People complain about patients, not because it's a people's profession, but because 90% of patients hate going to the blank and some will give you a hard time about it. And the fact that they might be in a ton of pain or have other issues you have to deal with, and it can all be draining, all while also expecting perfection out of you. You realize quickly that managing patients is a tall task and a huge part of the job. I mean, it sounds like a dentist to me. Correct. Ah, nice. So this this is a post in r slash dentistry. People who are either hygienists or dentists chimed in and was like, yeah, it's 
you know, people don't like going to the dentist. <laughs> so I, I feel like I attribute that to, you know, some people just like not taking care of their teeth. And that's why they don't want to get told that they're doing something wrong. And also it's like painful if you're getting fillings or whatever it is. Yeah. If you have to like really wrench around in the person's mouth, it's going to be an unpleasant experience. I wouldn't want a job where I'm looking in people's mouths all day. Did you ever have braces? No. I did. I had braces for like, I think, 18 months. And whenever you got them tightened, it sucked because you couldn't eat like anything all day. Ugh, yeah. Do do they like screw them tighter or something? I think they just like they're tightening the bands. Did you get your, any of your wisdom teeth removed? Yeah, I did have wisdom teeth removed, but that was fairly painless. They knock you out and then you wake up all groggy. And I think you yeah. can't eat hot food for couple weeks or something but other yeah. than that it wasn't too bad although there are those stories about people who have teeth removed and the anesthetic kind of wears off you know they wake up in the middle of the procedure and they see what it actually is like which is like <laughs> yeah. the dentist has their like foot up on their chest and it's like <laughs> wrenching it out of their mouth or something like that <laughs> it's like oh that's why my jaw was sore when i woke up <laughs> yeah i've i've never ever wanted to be a dentist maybe i i think i would probably be a doctor more than this doctors probably deal with way more blood and you have to probably know a lot more than just like the mouth and also there's more life and death scenarios as a doctor you yeah. have to become inured to you know people dying on you i feel like yeah i guess i'd i guess i'd rather be a dentist than in that case so here is my next one and this is from quora from kevin and he says is all the training worth it well suppose you're at 175 feet below the surface chipping barnacles and growths off a pipeline before grinding a small leak and installing a pildico sleeve You've been at it for a couple of hours and you get an alarm from your tender that there's an emergency on the platform and you have to be retrieved ASAP and stuffed into a chamber. What is the procedure? This is actually not that uncommon. Something is always happening, either on the surface or down below. A storm can blow up in half an hour and you may have a job three-fourths of the way finished and you can't leave the job undone. You do what you have to do. The pay is fantastic. I will tell you this. Do not do that stupid fighter pilot ego thing and live fast and large. I did it and saved nothing and left many a happy woman and bartenders in my wake. <laughs> Save your money. Live frugally. There will be a time that you no longer can do this job that you love. And you will either become an instructor or go into a more boring field. I'm doing construction and renovations now. And I don't miss the water so much anymore. There were years when it was all I could think of. Plan ahead, trust your tender, be smart, be conservative with your decompression schedule, and above all, be safe. There's too much down there in the scary dark deep that can kill you for you to take it easy. I believe this is an underwater welder. It's commercial diver. So, oh, yeah. okay. Essentially, yes. And you've never heard of, and I don't know even how to pronounce necessarily, a Pildico sleeve. No, is, did you look up what that is? It's an emergency repair kind of pipe fitting thing that bolts onto the pipe. And it looks like, you know, like a sleeve. You don't have to weld it. You can kind of bolted on and i think it's an emergency repair fitting i wonder what the life expectancy of somebody with that career is yeah i mean there sounded like there was some nightmare kinds of diving like the diving in the small confined spaces like caves and stuff like that oh yeah like the thai cave divers or something oh sure you can like your fins, you can kind of like kick up the silt. So you get engulfed in this sort of silt cloud and you it won't settle for a long time and you can get completely lost like in these underwater cave systems. There are like a bunch of different 
types that I came across. This was a question on Quora. Like there's one where you are not really diving. You're being lowered in this big decompression chamber with a bunch of other people for like a month with 15 other people. And then there's like a smaller chamber attached for them to work at like a different depth. Yeah, like they're working at like 250 meters below the water, I think, for like nine hours. So you're not actually diving, I guess. You're working in like an underwater chamber. That's interesting. I do like that they have financially compensated any career that takes place underwater very well <laughs> because of how dangerous. But it doesn't sound like he, <laughs> he says afterwards he didn't save any of his money, really. Oh. <laughs> but yeah, that's a commercial any, any, diver. Have you ever they, went diving at all? No, I'd love to. I almost, when I, when I lived down in LA, I wanted to get scuba certified, but I never found the time. I think that's something you can do after your commercial diver. You can kind of go into a career like teaching other people to dive. Yeah, I'd love to. I would love that my next vacation to be water related so that I could finally do that. There's a great comic book called The Underwater Welder by like Jeff Lemire. That's kind of like a Twilight Zone type story. But the main character is this underwater welder. Oh, but anyway. So yeah, it's two to two. And here's my next one for Sam. This is uh, we're going back to Reddit. I got a lot of Reddit here today. This is a comment on a thread by Inverted Paradox. And they say... As somebody in the industry, I highly suggest against blank. There's infinite work, but nobody wants to pay for it at all. It's quite dangerous, too, as you have to fabricate large mainspring winders for springs that can cut you to pieces. Many of the guys at conventions for blank have facial scars. You do more by being an appraiser to help sellers find and repair for items of real value instead of binning it. So this job, they're making big springs of some kind? Yeah. It sounds get, like a very... You get facial scars. It's crazy. This, this sounds like a very steampunk job. <laughs> Almost. Is this a NASA job? No. Did they say mainspring? Yeah. Mainspring winders for springs that can cut you to pieces. Is this a mattress company? <laughs> <laughs> no, it is not. Do they make giant clock? You're... Oh, you're in the, this is you're in the, you're in the right industry, but I need, I'm going to need the specific name if you know it. A horologist. Sam, correct. Is it really? Okay, Jesus. Yeah, I found this is uh, an r slash watch horologist. Um, and yeah, somebody wanted to have a career as an antique horologist and inverted paradox said, don't do it. Your face is going to get ripped to shreds. I wouldn't think of that as a super dangerous job. If the spring comes lashing out of it, though, it would be. I, I thought maybe... It was like people, you know, just like wristwatches. But no, it's like the big clocks, like grandfather clocks. I guess it's things just fly out at you. So it can be very uh, dangerous, it would appear. Well, I'm glad I read The Bone Clocks by David Mitchell, because that's the only reason I know the word horologist. Yeah, and I actually looked up the word. Lorelage is French for the clock. So that's why they're called horologists. That's cool. That's an interesting... So it's all antique stuff, right? They're not uh, making new contraptions. Yeah, apparently. I guess this is like... This person was like, I'm currently 26 and I work as a programmer. I dislike my job in finance and I want to leave, but I've always liked history. And I guess when researching this a little bit more... There's only like a few places in the world where you can go to school for this. And like three of them are in Switzerland. The U- no, the UK. Oh. I also thought it would be the Switzerland. No, but it's they're all in the UK. There's like one, I guess, in somewhere in New York City, but it's very spread out. It's, you know, it's it's kind of dying off, it would appear. So my next one is by 
Echo Reddit on Reddit. A friend of mine works for a small luxurious blank in London. He told me the blank system there is absolutely absurd. Money buys everything. Anything the clients want, clients get. They are told to never say no. Worst case, they say, "I don't think this is really appropriate." Obviously, drugs and escorts are a classic. He showed me twenty phone numbers of drug dealers on his phone to be able to get whatever drugs to the customer. He never buys, though; only gets people in contact. And for harder tasks, he goes through professionals who charge a lot. You want a new Prada dress at two a.m. for the party you are about to attend? Sure thing. Let's wake up a few people, charge triple the price, and split the benefit between people involved. Have a good night, madam. You want tickets for the Wimbledon final that takes place tomorrow? You have twenty thousand pounds. Enjoy the game, sir. But in some cases, they can't satisfy the customer. So when a couple of clients came back drunk, asking him to have sex with the wife while the husband was watching and filming, he felt like it was a good time to say, "I don't think this is really appropriate." And then someone replies underneath this. That sentence also sounds much better with a British accent, which I agree. Gosh, what job could this be? Yeah, what job?、Uh, All those things. I had a few thoughts. I had black market salesman. It's a legitimate job. It's like a real job. I had pawnbroker. No. I had medical marijuana dispenser. <laughs> no, it's a job where you encounter a lot of people coming through, though, like at two a.m. Maybe a bouncer. No, not a bouncer. Maybe a parking lot attendant. No, closer. A parking lot attendant might work in this place. I have another comment too. Sure, yeah. Okay, this one might confuse you. I'll say off the top, this is not about wine. This is not a wine-related job. But okay, no, no sommeliers involved. <laughs> no,、gotcha. you might think it is based on this comment. Duwineo on Reddit says, "I would often send people to smaller mom and pop vineyard, but it had to be sold as this boutiquey experience. If you told someone, 'So there's this little farm down the road that sells some great wine,' you literally just drive up and meet the farmer slash owners. Since they don't do reservations, they wouldn't go. But if you said, 'I personally know so and so's, and they have this micro vineyard tucked away from the main road where they make some of the best Pinot in the insert name of here.'" Valley, I highly recommend it. They are so small they don't even take reservations. Otherwise, they would be booked up, and I'd never be able to get you in. The guests would coo and bolt for it. Best wine I've had has been cheapo stuff, and I've tasted a lot of wine back in my blank days. Is this person like a convenience store clerk? No, kind of clerk type job. Like where is it? You... Is it like twenty four hours? Is like a yeah. Hour. Okay. I mean, the thing is open twenty four hours, and people that come through are buying. They're recommending, like. Recommending wine in this right in this particular、instance. one. I guess I felt like travel agent there for a second, but they wouldn't be recommending you drugs. No, it's a tourist adjacent job, though travel tourist type arena. But this person seems to be talking at it like very like you know not professionally speaking. I would say <laughs> maybe the underbelly of this job is what's being discussed. Yeah. I'd say so. This is the present day. Oh yeah, this definitely still exists. Yeah. Okay. This is not a bootlegger. Not a. <laughs> Are the people they meeting like generally degenerates? This particular one is from like people worked at very high end places, and that's kind of part of the problem that they're talking about, like how entitled people are and stuff like that. A concierge. Yes, correct. Oh, concierge at like a high end, like ritzy hotel. Oh, okay. Yeah, I get that. So I went through a bunch of yeah, this whole thread about 
what it's like to be a concierge at these super expensive hotels. Oh, is this like Vegas? No, this was in, because Wimbledon, this was in Britain. Oh, okay. Like a high-end London. Yeah. That makes That's sense. That's why right. someone said it all sounds way better in a British accent. You never count on being someone else's Reddit story when you're behaving like this in a hotel. All right, okay. Sam. Well, it's three to three. Indeed. Uh, indeed. This is my only comment from YouTube. I'm not going to say the name of the video because that's basically going to tell you about it. But a lot of people commented responding to what the video is about. So this is from Nightwolf on YouTube to five upvotes. Brian, a big part of what you experience is simply a generational thing. Your generation is taught to question everything, which isn't all that bad. Unfortunately, the people you were working for couldn't care less about your ideas on efficiency. Moreover, first-year sell-side associates always get shit on and are assigned the most ungrateful, laborious, painstaking tasks. It's no different for new associates at blank. They get the same treatment. It sucks, but it's only short-term. They are simply treating you like the way that they were treated when they were broke into the biz. The beatings will continue until morale improves. <laughs> Is this like a used car salesman? No. I didn't No, No, it is not. I don't know why Pan, I said no. Panhandler? <laughs> I, no. I've, I've actually worked a semi-quasi panhandling job for one day, which was <laughs> really? like, yeah, we're supposed to raise money for this ostensible charity, in theory, a charity, but really it's just panhandling in front of like Rennies and stuff like that. <laughs> and, you know, you got a kind of commission and then the company got a commission and then whatever was left over was laundered to the charity or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> oh I did that like for a, a day or so in LA and it was like 12 hours in the sun <laughs> anyway so uh, do you have any other is that, is, is that the most degrading thing you've done for money you think I'll say yes oh really okay yeah yeah I mean it is I haven't really done that many other interesting <laughs> I was, now I'm trying to think what I've done that I felt like oh this was shitty of you actually was probably... I, it wasn't a degrading thing I did for money because I didn't make any money <laughs> It's just a degrading thing in general. Yeah, I just degraded myself. A waste of time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was a story to tell on a podcast. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, do you have any other comments? Oh, boy, do I. People wanted to chime in everywhere. So this is from Maga Maga, who said, bro, your complaints apply to every corporation. Every company has its way. Every company has endless stakeholders and middle-level managers. Every company has yes men and women, aka the company man. Every company has unreasonable and picky clients. Every company ignores the input of younger employees. I learned early on in my career that the sooner that you try to stop to change slash fix slash question things, the easier your life becomes at the end of each day. That's all it counts. Half the shit my moron managers had me do over the years for sales pitches never went anywhere. It's always a test to see if you're a team guy or not. They want you to read between the lines. Mind games always. One time, even I had a scumbag sales manager ask me to put together a sales letter as a sort of model slash template for our team to use. He never said when he needed it by. The night we had our company Christmas party at a fancy hotel in New York City. At the party, he asked me if it's ready in the morning. And I said, fuck no, you didn't give me a deadline. The mofo sent me back to the office to finish it. And I missed the entire party like a dork. Pure scum. I left the company a few months later. That was in 1998. If and when I see him again, if ever, he's going to go to the hospital. Is this like a cold caller? No. Does it have to do with sales? No. 
I believe not. Uh, I thought they sales mentioned are... like sales, some kind of they sales did. thing. They did. I I believe sales <laughs> is not a, is not a large part of the job. Maybe if you think sales, you're going to go down the wrong path. Uh, Wall Street is this working for Jordan Belfort in the '90s? That's pretty close. I don't know stock type jobs. <laughs> Hedge fund manager. Uh, lower than that. Hedge fund worker ant. No, get out of hedge fund. Uh, the job that Jonathan Price has in Brazil, whatever <laughs> that's called. I don't know what I. I don't know. Bureaucracy drone. <laughs> Is this like a call center? No, you were right. You were on the track with money. Money's involved. Money, but not Wall Street. Wall Street's probably there. Stock exchanges. I'm gonna no, I can't accept that. Fuck. <laughs> I know shit about like. Yeah, but Wall you know Street what this. You know what this. I job do know is, this. Though. Okay. Is it a job that was in the Big Short? Yes. Oh yeah. Oh okay. For like sure. broker, like some kind of broker. Uh, no, no, not broker. An analyst of some kind. That's probably a big part of that job. Analyzing trends, I would say. My other guess was going to be they set lines for Vegas. No, no, no. no. Risk analyst. That's pretty close. In- but no. I would say being a risk analyst. It's not like insurance, insurance salesman. No, get back towards the money side of it. Insurance is money. <laughs> mm, but it's not what this. Okay, money, right. Yeah. I, okay. I, say, I can give you another comment to it. Okay. Like. Yeah, sure. Uh, from Elaine Liu. She says, yeah, blank isn't the industry for creativity and I don't see it ever will be. It's all about making connections and building relationships with your boss in college. I don't know why they said college. If the money doesn't justify it for you, then don't go for it. It'd be painful. Like venture capital startup investor. Yeah, you're, you're saying, oh, say that word again. Investor. <laughs> okay, now put a, another word with it. Hedge fund investor, investment analyst. Oh. I feel like someone who's in the remedial math. <laughs> You've got the first word, investment. Investment banker. Correct. It sounds familiar to me, but I actually would not be able to describe what an investment banker does. Listen, I didn't watch the YouTube video, so I also okay. can't do that. <laughs> but well, I just play it on this podcast. <laughs> but yeah, this is uh, from Brian Jin, who has 25.6 thousand subscribers on YouTube, with the title of this video being Why I Hated Investment Banking. And Sam, he also had another video saying why I loved investment banking. <laughs> he knew how to play YouTube, to just do both sides. But I thought it was funny enough because I found on my YouTube, because I looked at investment banking YouTube, I have now in my recommended, I have a lot of similar videos and a lot of them are people saying they got a lot of money after they left investment banking because it was soul crushing, but then they all moved to like tech. And so like, they're just moving from like higher paying job to high paying job. Because I think a lot of these people just live in like San Francisco and New York where you have to make a ton of money for it to be at all like reasonable. To afford an apartment. Yeah. Yeah. Well, four to three. And this is Nick's chance to tie it up again and complete the prophecy of (laughs) having another tied match. This is from a Reddit Ask Me Anything. This person's handle on Reddit is Clubs Baby Seals. No. Maybe that'll tell you something about this job they do. I I thought it won't. (laughs) So they're answering questions that people are asking them on this thread. The first one, someone asks him if he's ever broken into the wrong house. And Club's Baby Seal says, I have never done that. There's a large gray area on blanking laws. The main body of the laws were created in the late 1800s, early 1900s. Even with this, you can be held civilly and criminally responsible for breaking into the wrong house. I have worked too hard to lose everything I own over a dumb mistake. It would be even worse if you broke into the wrong house and the person inside pulled a gun and you had to shoot them. Then you would be going to jail for 
murder along with breaking and entering. Sometimes it is hard to restrain yourself from being aggressive, but you have to be patient and they will eventually come out of the house if they are in there. So he says breaking into the wrong house, which implies that there's a right house to break into. <laughs> uh, bounty hunter. Correct. This is a someone who works as a bail bonds bounty hunter. And he says, I've been a bail bondsman for 11 years. I have arrested hundreds of skips and have made bonds for defendants on charges ranging from public intoxication to murder. And people asked him a lot of questions. I wish you hadn't gotten it that fast because he did have some good... <laughs> Some good answers. Um, someone asked him if he has any catchphrases. And he says, I normally try to help them if they're likable people by giving them advice to get real rehab. Jail is not rehab. It is a babysitter. I really don't have a catchphrase unless you would consider get on the ground, motherfucker, or something like that, a catchphrase. Normally, I give them advice to make their life better. Oh, my God. Uh, so I don't know what advice he gives them. He said, oh, no, he says, normally me trying to give them advice to make their life better is about 20 minutes after the arrest. So I have time to let the adrenaline die down. Does he mean his adrenaline? <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. And someone also asked him what he thought of Dog the Bounty Hunter and if he helps or hurts the profession. And he basically said neither. I don't know if he's trying to not piss off Dog, but he said Dog could not legally work in my area because it is against the law for a bounty hunter or bail bondsman to work in my state that has a felony on his record. So I know what dog has on his record. Maybe he broke into the wrong house. I was going to say, Sam, so like our bounty hunters, they're bound by like a certain area, right? So like you couldn't like be a bounty hunter that could like go across state lines to like get somebody, right? Yes, because he references a lot of times the specific laws in his state that he has to follow, which makes me think, yeah, he couldn't practice outside his state. I wonder if there's like a state where it's like advantageous to be a bounty hunter because there's more people skipping bail and such. Or easier laws that allow you to break into their house. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm sure it's definitely that one. <laughs> He also said he started out in construction, and he said apparently a lot of construction workers end up in jail for various reasons, according to him. So he kind of was networking with people who are ending up in jail anyway. That's how he had a ready-made network of people who needed bond. Oh, interesting. So that's how he got into it. Would you ever work as a bail bonds bounty hunter? Yeah, I wonder what it would have to take for me to like make that big leap. I feel like it might be very interesting, very like exhilarating but maybe not something i'd want to do all the time i don't know what the money's like do you know the salary no i don't because i guess for the right price i would do anything you must make some decent money for um, my last comments we're going back to reddit here is my first comment from tj gfish 123 Fun fact, the term lighting a fire under one's ass comes from this job. Back in the Victorian era, this job was done almost exclusively by children. The blank were fairly complicated to navigate in big brownstones and took some time to finish up the job. Sometimes the owners would become aggravated and light a fire heat things up and push the kids out as fast as possible. Hopefully they didn't become lost or get stuck, though, you know, so they weren't cooked alive. Ooh, a Dickensian job. <laughs> Is this like chimney sweep or something? Sam, a clean sweep. Correct. So, so there are one... still chimney. I guess, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And I looked, there's a few in Maine. And I wanted to look potentially at 
those, but I found I want to go back to the olden days. So this is on r slash interesting as fuck. And it's footage of a three-year-old chimney sweep from the 1930s. And it's pretty crazy looking. <laughs> it's crazy that kids used to do that. But anyway, Sam, here's a little treat for you because I thought that would be pretty easy to get. Here's a comment on the same thread by Sage4WT who said, I'm an old man in my 70s, and I can remember growing up in the potato country in northern Maine, young kids known as bunker boys who would ride the freight trains and tend the fires burning in the bunkers of the freight cars to keep the produce from freezing in the winter. I'll never forget the night I went with my father to tend the wood stove in one of our potato houses and get a freight car ready to load the next morning when dad opened up the doors to the car and a young, filthy, soot-covered boy jumped out of the car. I was probably in first grade at the time, and this kid was close to myself in age. And because he was so filthy, he scared the bejesus out of me when he got off the freight car. Wow. (laughs) Have you ever heard of Bunker Boys? (laughs) I have not heard of Bunker Boys at all. I would guess it's from World War II or something like that. Yeah. It sounds like a bunker, like someone who's in like a military bunker. Yeah. But I guess I've never seen the potato fields of northern Maine. Have you? No, I haven't. I associate potatoes with Ireland. Yeah. I feel like I've just always been fascinated by chimney sweeps. It just seems like something that I would never ever. And I guess I can't because I'm I'm too old now and born in the wrong time. But it just seems like an idyllic childhood like dream to just be shoved into a small space. Oh, yeah. Uh, Sounds great. (laughs) It's pre-child labor laws. That's around the time they started having child labor laws, right? Oh, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure this was maybe the fighting cause. It's like little children with the black lung campaigning at six years old saying, we need better law, like a smoker. (laughs) So this is the last chance for, yeah, a tie, basically. Tie time. (laughs) And I don't, I did not, I did not save my hardest for last, but maybe you won't get it anyway. So this is from a Reddit thread. I won't say the person's name because that would basically give it away. But they say, I started in the blank when I was 25 and haven't looked back. Prior to this, I graduated with a degree in communications because I didn't know what it is I wanted to do. Yeah, sidebar, that sounds about right. And this person says, I had a nine to five job for two years. I liked the company, but hated the tediousness of my job. I took a job at blank as a means to figure out what I wanted to do next and get paid while doing it. Admittedly, I really struggled with it at first. I was on reserve. We have no AM PM reserve at my blank and was always anxious about getting called. The pay was crap, although blank wasn't horrible. It wasn't great either. But as it happens with the blank and getting seniority, it all gradually got better. My third year, the pay got to be livable and I had some control of my schedule. By the fifth year, I decided I was staying. And while I will never be a millionaire or a CEO doing this job, I also can't think of another job that would allow me so much flexibility in my schedule that would pay me to meet new people, both crew and passengers, and see new cities, people and cities I never dreamed I would ever see, and a job that is literally done the second the last passenger walks off the blank. Sure, like any job, there are stressors, angry passengers, weather delays, cancellations, etc. But for me, these aren't daily occurrences and the good experience greatly outweigh any negative experiences I've had. 
That being said, what makes me happy won't make the next person happy. And I've read lots of posts lately where this job wasn't what people expected it to be. It is not for everyone, much like being a truck driver or doctor is not for everyone. And the first few years are especially tough. But I can say with all honesty that I love being a blank. I love being a train conductor. Not train, but travel. I love being a pilot. Not a pilot. Closer. Uh, I was going to say truck driver. could just say serial killer, not truck a boat driver on the venice canal and i will say not to slander all no not that i will say (laughs) not to uh slander all truck drivers but it is a serial killer profession (laughs) (laughs) or a profession convenient for serial killers of course so this person also did communications and they left because i didn't enjoy it but that's kind of irrelevant to what the thing oh, okay. Interesting places where the last person gets off. It can't be a hot air balloon driver. I, I don't, don't know that, that you can even a particularly, <laughs> particularly drive a hot air balloon. Doesn't it just float where it floats? No, but you can like control it. Like people, you can drop like... the ballast. I don't know that you can direct exactly where it goes. Not hot air balloon. Not dirigible. We're leaving the world of steampunk. I'll say that. Oh, wait, I should be in the world of steampunk? No, I said this is not in the world of steampunk. Oh, okay, all right, all right. This is based in the future, a futurist. Yeah, it's like now. (laughs) I mean, this might have seemed futuristic at one point. Is this an Uber driver? No, they're not driving. Is it a... Really, the one thing... A cruise ship operator? No. Oh, a carny working on a roller coaster? No, you were closer with the cruise ship. (laughs) Okay. Oh, another travel-adjacent job. So they're not, like, driving this machine of sorts. No, they're they're an attendant on the machine. Oh, yes. Is attendant the operative word there? Is it flight attendant? Yes, correct. This is a flight attendant. (laughs) And the person's Reddit name was Fly Girl. So, yes, this is a flight attendant. And, yeah, I don't know. I've always been interested in that as kind of like a job because, you know, you get to travel all these places but you're also dealing with i imagine like the hotel job dealing with some of the absolute basement of humanity but you know (laughs) some people were really well adjusted to it and some people just could not stand being a flight attendant so very mixed reviews of the flight attendant job like this person said it seems like once you do it for a while you get seniority you get a lot more control over your schedule and where you go and stuff like that so i think you have to stick it out for the first few years it sounds like yeah you gotta go to like fucking detroit to Las Vegas at like 3 a.m., but then you get to choose where you want to go. <laughs> well, I think once you've been there a while, you don't have to do that. That would be hell on the circuit. I, I, I was going to say, Sam, how do you how do you feel about flying? I'm okay with flying, but I don't think I could be a flight attendant if my schedule was going to be, you know, just going back and forth between different time zones at weird times and just completely wrecking my sleep cycle. I feel like I I remember reading somewhere that flight attendants almost live out of their bag, you know, like Mm -hmm. their suitcase. So I feel like I I wouldn't enjoy that. Yeah, I like travel, but this would be mandated travel that you don't have much control over to begin with. And I think it depends on the airline. Oh, I'm sure people have like their preferences. We should bring back Pan Am. Oh yeah, that's funny. Um, I actually just read a book called Come Fly the World. One of the reasons I picked this, because this book was about being a Pan Am stewardess in the like 1960s to 70s. So like Mad oh. Men, Catch Me If You Can era. Nice. You sent that's... me Catch Me If You Can. Oh, I did? 
Yeah, I read it. Oh, that's I, I actually he's... heard he might have lied about all that though. <laughs> oh no. I, I love that it... movie. That's one of my fa- that's probably my favorite Spielberg, I think. Yes, yeah, that one's a great movie. It's a nice, I... like got the best score too. It did come out though, I think, that he may have fabricated a lot of that story. Oh no. Well, as long as it's a good story. Yeah, you should have just written books. Right, yeah. Yeah, so I think that's all we got for, for jobs. So um, I hope you're listening to this podcast at 3 a.m., Mr. Truck Driver. Uh, you got what you wanted, a tie, five to five on the jobs episode of Close Comic. Yeah, stop torturing that stripper next to you. <laughs> hey, welcome. Funny. Sorry. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> yeah, it was tough for me to go on. I went on like some like adjacent like comment sites. I don't know what they're called. I, found, I went on something called Flusker and Qora. And it was really not Quora. great. Cora, is that what it is? I, don't I know. think it's Cora. Interesting. The Legend of Cora, the Last Airbender. Do you want to um, restart the call, or do you have? Do you think I'll yeah. be able to solve yours in five minutes? No, definitely not. Okay. Let's let's restart it. <laughs> la hora, la la horla. Sorry, I'm and I'm not. There. I'm not the only one who can't speak. Uh, I, don't I don't know what that job's called. Bookie. Mm. <laughs> yeah, bookie probably. Or um, every podcast that you listen to with any sport now is just infected, just saturated with their lines, their over-unders, their picks. <laughs> like gambling is just taking over every like sports discussion. <laughs> and as a job that is literally done the second the last passenger and... <laughs> um, <laughs> Maybe it's not always their fault. <laughs> po- quite possibly. <laughs> A lot of his stories start like at the witching at hour, about three a.m. Yeah, <laughs> which is our two, uh, which is our two bounty hunters. <laughs> right, yeah. When all the best things happen. <laughs> um, but I just want to get in the mindset of this person because I also, am, but I'm still in communication, so it's interesting that I didn't then go to this. I did want to be a, con- a train conductor at one point. So you um, can't fully mind meld. You can't fully drift with this person. <laughs> sure. Pacific Rim. Or you could throw the game and. No, I'm not throwing. I'm I'm really trying to get. I would never throw this game. Oh, I really want this tie. 